Welcome to Sportscast Podcast Episode 8. My name's Jordan. I'm Liam. And today we're going to be discussing a number of big sporting events, including the Wimbledon final, an update on the Tour de France, some big news coming out of the world of Formula One, as well as discussing the cricket and the football transfers. Jordan, big weekend of sport. Big weekend of sport. Really, I've, I've uh, been busy generally, but found the time to watch, obviously, the Wimbledon final, found the time to keep up with the, the Tour de France. There's been a lot really go on. Uh, football and rugby sort of aren't playing at the minute, but in a range of different sports, there's a whole lot going on. Some big things happening behind the scenes in football. Different things in the rugby have changed some of the formats of things. But yeah. in terms of things going on, it's been very busy. It's nice in a way not to have the Premier League dominate every single weekend. Obviously, when the Premier League, when, when the football league and, and the football season is in its full swing, we, I'm, I'm guilty of just focusing on the football. And actually, there's so much more to um, sport and there's so much more to offer from these, not lesser known sports, but I think we dominate the Premier League way too much. Yeah, definitely. Well, kicking us off then, let's talk about the Wimbledon final. Did you watch it? I did watch it. All four and a half hours of it. It dragged on a bit. Do you think it dragged on? Well, it didn't, it didn't drag on. I think um, Novak fought back and it, 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 it could have been over very, very quickly after that first set. Yeah, I think it, it, he's 20 years old. He's a US, he's a US Open champion. Yes. US Open, US Open. Yeah, US Open champion. I'm thinking of golf. <laughs> um, US Open champion, but he's still only 20 years old. Big Wimbledon final. Um, he's won Queens just previously to this, um, but he he didn't really turn up in the first set at all. Obviously dominated by Djokovic, but the momentum switch in. Throughout the game was I, I thought throughout the, the whole match. Sorry, was I thought it was great. I think losing six one. I mean, I think I think that was just nerves. First Wimbledon, I believe he he only played Queens just before because he hasn't had much grass experience. No, he's only I think he's only played two grass tournaments before this. Yeah, Djokovic, in Djokovic's interview after the match. He said that he thinks he's only played two or three uh, grass tournaments, um, including Queens that he's just obviously just won. Um, and the transition from clay and hardcore to to grass is it's difficult. It's a challenge. The ball, yeah, the ball don't bounce as much. It stays low, but the whip he gets on the ball when he plays that cross court, yeah, drop drops Djokovic in short left and whips it across the court. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and his confidence as well. I mean. Obviously, his confidence must have been knocked severely after the first set, but he came back strong in the second set. Um, and even in, in the, 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 the final set, um, when it was 2-2, two, two, his, his confidence to... Well, I think he lobbed... He, sorry, he, he, he had a cheeky little dink over the net, followed by 
a cheeky little dinky over the top as well. It, it, it back well, to back. The, the, the final points. game of the final set, he did exactly that as well, didn't he? Yeah. You just saw Novak have nothing in his legs to yeah. to get him back to that. Yeah. I think Novak's what Novak's thirty five, is he? Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. So. I mean, a 36-year-old playing a 20-year-old, obviously one has got significantly more legs than the other. Um, but the last time that Alcaraz played at such a long, um, for such a duration of time at Wimbledon, he cramped up and obviously, so his fitness yeah. has improved massively. Um, but Novak Djokovic has got the experience and he's got the level head, although smashing his racket. Yeah, he got rattled massively. I mean... Novak for 36 is is still fitter than 90% of other athletes in their prime. Yeah. And he just was losing his head a little bit. I think it was the initial let call. I think it was in the third. Yeah. It was a really uh, it was a really 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 good rally from a from a spectator point of view. Um Novak fell uh, and then Alcaraz returned and then he he got back up and returned it returned it as well so and then there was another couple of couple of rally rallies points and then and then he did end up losing the point really really silly and obviously frustration there was booze from the crowd but you can understand the frustration it's the Wimbledon final you've just got back up after falling and returned um returned a, a really good really good ball and and, and it, you've lost the point you can understand why he's done it but it's not nice to see but you, you get it's human and it's passion. Yeah, he, he wants to win even now with 24 mm. Grand Slam titles. I think that'll be the second of probably going close to Novak's for Carlos. Yeah. I think I think he's now going to be here for a very, very long time. If you, yeah. If you're playing like that on a weaker surface, yeah. he's, he's, he's going to dominate for a very long time. Yeah. The post-match interviews it struck me how or even as soon as as soon as the the championship point was won by Alcaraz, it struck me how sort of humble he actually is he, he obviously went straight to his family which is unusual because generally they stay on court until after and then and then greet the family afterwards but he he immediately went straight to his family which was a dread for the security because <laughs> the security was like what was happening no don't do that it's tennis <laughs> not football yeah um but then, but then, in the, even in his post-match interview, he was saying, um, "It was saying like, I'm really happy that I won, but if I would have lost, it would have been great to lose to such a an icon." And like, no, he, Novak was a professional before Alcaraz was born. Yeah. So he he has grown up his whole life watching Nadal and Novak Djokovic, and I think to to get there as a at such an early yeah. time of his career, I think I think he will have taken a result either way today. Yeah. And I did see him sort of say that after that first set, he was very disappointed and thought the fans deserved more. And if that's kind of what you're going to pull out the bag, just because the other people deserve more, yeah, just shows you sort of how grounded he is. Yeah, and he even curtsied to uh, the Kate Middleton. Well, right. Middleton. Yeah, he did, which is really gracious. But obviously, he, he lifted the... the golden pineapple trophy and it was generally a, a fantastic match I, I enjoyed it all the way through um and and it was a deserved winner he kept his head um he he kept his composure and he played some absolutely unbelievable tennis and he's a deserving Wimbledon champion did you see much of the women's i watched 
I've been, I'll be honest, I've been away in London this weekend. So I've I watched it. I was in the Ivy in um Canary Wharf. Canary Wharf is the word I was looking for. You know more than me. Were you with me? Um I was in and it was on a big screen and uh, I was I was watching it through through the window, but ranked forty second in the world yeah. coming in unseeded. Take nothing away from the peak from the women that are winning Grand Slams at the minute, but you look at the last couple of years and there's an awful lot of unseeded women that are going on to win the Grand Slams. Do you think with without the Williams sisters now, it's become a lot more competitive? Where yes, yeah. There's mm. a much more of an even playing field. I mean, Emma Raducanu with uh, the US Open yeah. the other year and... and I mean, she wasn't in Wimbledon this year, but I think you're seeing a lot more people make finals now because you haven't got yeah. the... Do you think it's whoever's necessary, whoever's in form at that moment in time? Yeah. Regardless right. of seed. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I was going to say was if... You can cut this bit out. Cut, cut a bit out. I can't remember what I was going to fucking say. I was going to say something about the women. There was also... Oh, un... oh, sorry. The other thing I was going to say is, in the women's game, there seems to be a lot more unforced errors and aces, i.e. non-return aces, that, 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 that gain a lot of points and gain a lot of momentum when, when you're watching the women's game, the ladies' game. They do tend to have the, you know, they play two sets, the games tend to be over an hour, an hour and a half, yeah. and then you look at today's. Did you see the, there was a British guy winning men's doubles and mixed doubles yep and then another british young lad uh on the 14s taking the trophy for the first time in 60 yeah mm -hmm. 65 i believe he is not sure but really really good um, yeah boy, boy boy singles um british winner and it's good it's good that it's obviously british but these I we've had such a poor performance. I say we've the UK, England, Great Britain have had such a poor performance in these Wimbledon Wimbledon finals. Obviously for so long. Yeah. Murray aside yeah. a couple of times. Murray went out in the third round, Norrie went out in the second round. I think Bolter went out in the second or third yeah. round as well. Um we yeah, had that was Katie Bolter. Quarters, yeah. But yeah, we we've we've not really got any any really major competitor in in British tennis. British tennis, yeah. There's been an exciting week as well with the Tour de France, which you saw wins for Bibal, Philipson, Iga Gaziri, Kitowalski, Rodriguez, and Puels, who won today on stage 15. Two of those wins saw Ineos, who's probably my, if you was to support a, a team in yeah. cycling, would be Ineos with. And the likes of Grant Thomas and Tom Pidcock, British riders. I mean, Grant Thomas isn't here this year, but he's still an Ineos rider. And uh, Bernal, who won the Tour de France a couple of years ago. Yesterday was probably stage 14, where Rodriguez won easily, probably the most exciting race we've seen to date, where early on, a couple of big crashes, and then they had to neutralise the race because there was that many injured riders oh, need, wow. needing all the ambulance and assistance cars yeah. that meant if the race had gone on and another person had come off, they wouldn't have been able to attend them. So they yeah. actually stopped the race for near on um, probably 45 minutes. So all the riders were just sat on this bridge, chatting away with the fans and things like that, which is really good to see. 
and then it saw Rodriguez sort of go off and uh, you had Vingegaard and uh, Pogacar that were sort of vying and you, you sort of see it when as they go up the Alps with the fans where they get into the road and they get right in front of the riders. Yeah. There was an incident where just before, probably, probably about a kilometre to go, 750 metres to go, Pogacar wanted to make a, a jump on Vingegaard and because the motorbikes couldn't get through, they actually held the riders up. So they're going up the Alps, massive incline, and he's got, you know, he's just on 130 odd kilometres. Yeah. It were one of the shorter lengths, but more category climbs. And he's, he's sort of gone for it, but because the motorbikes weren't able to move up the road, he's kind of exerted all this energy and gone about six yards yeah. ahead and then just The momentum's up. not there, yeah. Because of all the fans just... I did see, so the... It, it, I know it's like a a regular site on the on the Tour de France, um, but I saw I can't remember what ride it. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't watch the Tour de France live. I, I watch the highlights um, and I'll keep up to date with the with the standings, etc. Um, but there was one instance in particular where one of the riders was riding on the very left hand side of the peloton and he was caught in some kind of flag or it was like a last year. It's a big. Yeah. Big incident with it last year. No, no, this year. Oh, Recently, this yeah. It was, it was some kind of flag or some kind of something on a string and it got caught in his spokes and it literally just sent him straight over the top. Oh. And I, I did think that it's obviously on, on what, there's not many other sports where the fans can well, get so close to the action. You, you don't like. pay to be on the road side. No. And, and from what I believe, a lot of the towns pay for the Tour de France to come through there. Okay. So they pay to get to, yeah. get it to be there. They give out a rough route, and and the, so that's why sometimes they don't finish in certain areas, or they don't uh, go through certain places for so many years because they've not paid to to go. So you do see it quite regular where they take a forearm to the nose and yeah things like that. That has happened quite a lot. But I think with the rise of social media, with the rise of sort of things like people wanting to get that that shot, I think you're seeing it more and more now where riders are getting hit. People are in the way. The take his uh, selfies yeah. and all. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they go, you know, they've got all these big climbs. You know, the, the riders are going slower, so they've got the opportunity. You, you see some of them when they run alongside on the other side of the road. It's quite funny, but but um, yeah, it, it is. It's not fair. General classification, pretty much as we said, sort of even from the start. Vingegaard's got the yellow jersey. Pogacar's ten seconds behind. Took uh, a couple of seconds out of it yesterday. Um, Rodriguez is in third, he's 5 minutes 21 behind. Adam Yates has broken free from his twin brother in fourth place with a 5 minute 40 behind and Jay Hindley 6.38. So it is going to be Vingegaard and Pogacar. Between the two, yeah. Right to the end. They, they've kind of, they're ditching the teams and using each other all the way rather than using the team to... Yeah. propel them on they're just they're just following mm. one another it's going and that's going to go all the way Rory McIlroy won the Scottish Open today he had the lead going into it so as Tom pointed out a few few episodes ago from when he's he's never won from behind after day three so he's never come from behind in a major yeah. Yeah. this isn't a major we're going into a major week with the Open next yeah. week so the Scottish Open the one before he was 13 under this morning, a couple of people um, 11, 12 under. He bogeys the second hole, 
to go down to 12 with a guy called McIntyre, who McIntyre was a few holes ahead, ended up going through the course and he birdied the 18th when him and McElroy was on 13 under to go 14 under, which meant McElroy had to pick up a birdie in the last couple of holes. Yeah. And on the last hole, hold about a 10 to 12 foot pot for a birdie to take the title. So all that... Dramatic fashion. Yeah, Dramatic all, all fashion. that bashing that I've given him for not being able to hold his putts. And he has actually, for for this weekend, you hold it out and the conditions were awful, Scotland. We've had a very, very windy weekend. You had Tommy Fleetwood, who was sat in third place. He double bogeyed the last hole. Couple of thick, rough shots he dropped. But he's, again, he's going into the Open this week with a bit of form, so... British Open, yeah. British yeah. Open, yeah, yeah. It is favorite yeah. favorite for the British Open or, or pick for the British yeah. Open. Think Rory can continue his uh, sort no, of Trent think, form. No, I think I think you're going to have. I think you're going to have one of your big boys there, Scotty, Dustin Johnson, something like that. Yeah, um, maybe. A, I don't know maybe someone like Patrick Reed might be able to play it well, but it's it's. I don't think we're going to be in for the world's best weather this week. So it's whoever can handle those conditions. Yeah, Liverpool, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Royal Oak, I believe. So Rory McIlroy is currently top of the bookies odds, followed by uh, Scotty Scheffler and John Ram, uh, Cameron Smith, Victor Hovland. Cam Smith picked up a win on the Live Tour this uh, couple, over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he might he might come in well for it. Yeah, but looking forward to it. Yeah, I am. I hope there's good coverage of it. Um, I hope the BBC can pick up some and catch it on, a, you know, on, a, on an afternoon rather than having to rely on Sky. But I think, um, yeah, I, th I think it's got a Scottish off. You know, Scotty, it's got a a round maybe something like that. This week also is Ashes week. Had a week off after the uh, reprival at Headingley. Yeah. They've named the same team, which keeps Woods bowling, but it also keeps Bearstow at the wicket, which I know you're not you've not caught loads of it because I mean it's five days for ten hours a day. It's quite quite time consuming. <laughs> it's essentially uh, a full time job. Yeah. Um he he's dropped an awful lot and he's battered not very well. So I think England probably haven't got much strength in, in depth at, at wicket keeper, and that's probably why he's held on to it. But I think you could go back and argue there's been points of this series where he's maybe cost England a test. Yeah. And I, and I think that when you get to that stage, they, they've they maybe bottled bringing in a folks or someone like that at the wicket. They've, they've really missed an opportunity, I think. Someone that's massively, massively underperformed. But have you seen heard of the major league cricket in america no i to be honest with you i genuinely did not even realize americans played cricket they but it was their fan their fancy rounders yeah they did um, yeah yeah they didn't so what what they're trying to do they've created six franchises and um i think you've got like the las vegas raiders knights so okay. they've incorporated the nfl <laughs> and the ice hockey okay. franchise name so what what they're trying to do they're trying to they're trying to rival the IPL the Indian Premier League yeah 
and, and you know, what's off his place. And they are, to be fair, they're very interested in a lot of the England squad. Um, the, I think there's a couple of teams that have now played twice, but generally there's only been one game. Um, but they're trying to to bring that. And I think, it's a, I mean, it's nice to see that and not the Saudis taking it. Yeah, but, but arguably, I mean, we've discussed Saudi Arabian influence many times on this podcast, but arguably who can make a better go of of a brand new sort of not format of cricket but a brand new league if you like the us or with, with what they're trying to do with formula one they're trying to gimmick it up and yeah you could you could you can argue that's what they've done here with the hundred yeah they they're, they're kind of doing the same now but in this format i think we'll see if they time it correctly i think you'll see a lot of the england players so with the ipl when you get drafted you're not you're not, you're not necessarily attached to anyone at the start of the year as a big auction and a team might pay a million yeah. million pound for Joe Root. Joe Root gets a million pound and he signs for that team. So they're paying the player yeah. to come play for them and it is effectively biggest money wins. Yeah. So if they can time that correctly, these England players who still get, you know, a considerable amount from, from English England cricket, about half a million pound a year. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not paid them by the the clubs, the auctions, things like that. They haven't got that kind of money, but they do it whether on England central contract it happens with rugby as well. Um, they could be earning their half million pound a year from England, not being available for everything because they're getting a million pound in in India. I mean, that's going up. That's about a million and a half. Yeah, Joe Root's been the most expensive for another million pound to play in. America, yeah, and then if someone wants fancies to go in the big bash in Australia, yeah, you could you could end up and then and then they sign a contract for hundred grand with someone within the hundred as well. So they could effectively be getting six, seven times their wages, yeah, through not playing for for England and yeah. not being available, not, not being available to play yeah. exactly. Which which is it's it's morally and arguably moral like money over morals type thing, but. Realistically, you want to play for your country, but not if you can earn a heck of a lot more money. And, <laughs> and, and as well, you have very few competitive national matches. Yeah, it's it's all tests, it's all semi-friendlies and things like that. Formula One, no race this weekend. Um, we are looking forward to the race next weekend. However. Big, big news is that Nick de Vries has lost his seat at Alpha Towery. Seen that? I have. Who I'm, hasn't seen that? I'm ecstatic. I can't remember what day it was. It was like Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And I was scrolling through Instagram and all, all of a sudden, the only thing I saw was Danny Rick's face. Danny Rick's huge honey badger smile. <laughs> Thoughts? I'm absolutely buzzing with it. Yeah. I cannot wait. I mean, if he can, if he can out qualify Perez at Hungary, if he can get something from this next race and really give someone something to think about. I mean, did you see the? So he was in the Red Bull testing at Silverstone earlier on this week. Yes. Did you see the reports on his lap times? No. It had put him on the front row of qualifying. Okay, but he's not in a Red Bull. He's in an Alpha Tower. But it, what I'm saying is he hasn't lost it. He hasn't lost it. Okay, that Thank, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he's not been... You've seen it before where, you know, Pete, uh, 
drivers have had a year out and they've been a reserve driver and then they get back into the car. Um, Nico Hulkenberg had a bit of time yeah. out. He did the odd weekend with somebody and things like that. But he's not, uh, you know, Danny's not been out of the car. I mean, what are we, 12 races in now? Yeah. So, he's, you know, he's only missed yeah. 12 races. He's not going to lose it. I watched an interview pre-season with, uh, it was Zach Brown and Christian Horner. And the question was, like, how excited are you to bring Danny Rick back as a reserve driver at Red Bull? And uh, Christian Horner, in his typical fashion, said to directly to Zach Brown, sort of below the belt comment, it was, uh, yeah, we're really happy to have him back. We've got plans potentially for him in future. We don't know what you've been feeding him, though. We need to fatten him back up. <laughs> <laughs> Lost too much weight. I don't think the, the car set up for McLaren was right for him, unfortunately. He needs something that's got straight line speed yeah. and he can stamp on the brake as yeah. late as physically possible. The thing is, with Alfa Tauri, arguably it is the worst car on the grid and he's a very talented driver and I think the difference between him and Sonoda Sonoda is reckless and I don't think anybody would disagree with me when I say Sonoda is reckless the most dangerous driver on the yeah grid, he's, a, he's, he's a lunatic and he loses his patience and he loses his call and you can hear it in the team radios when he's on the team radio he, he, he's shouting at the team and he's just not he's a level headed individual and they've given him such a long time um, and I think hopefully Danny Rick, yes, it is a not a slow car. He has really good downforce and it goes around corners quickly. He's just slow in a straight line. Um, but they can, sorry, he can potentially bring a, bit, a level of maturity and experience to that car. And maybe they can pick up additional points. Um, one thing that I wanted to sort of talk about is is... Have they been, I say they, Helmut Marco has been the main sort of grim reaper in all of this conversation. Do you think he's been too harsh? On Nick? On Nick? No, I don't. I think that that, that part of the grid, you, you know, you, you, your few points here and there. I mean, Williams have, have been dying out on Albon for a very long time. Those points he's been picking up recently again sort of seven to eight so are worth the weight in gold for them the, the, the tens of millions of pounds they'll get at the end of the season you can't it's worth yeah every every place in the constructors and worth, the driver's championship worth, is worth 40 million pounds yeah like so you can't you know you can't do things just because people are nice guys yeah and you know for, for what they are red bull have now swapped drivers mid-season five times did did um, Pierre Gasly get a harsh yeah. run with it? Probably, but I don't think Albon did, and I, and I don't think Albon's a Red Bull driver. No. So, you know, I think I think Albon. I'll be honest. I think Albon's being idle for the replacement to McLaren for Lando Norris. Who, Where Lando Norris will replace probably whoever the second Red Bull driver is. Perez. But well, does does the question is. The question with that is, does Lando Norris want to go and be a secondary driver or does he replace Lewis? I know maybe Lewis said he's got another couple of years left in him, but Lando doesn't want to go and uh, hold cars up so that Max can win by 40 seconds. No, but he's going to pick up wins along the way. I mean, he did come out this week and say that he, he races to win, not not for therapy. But on the, the other, the other rumours circling is that Red Bull wants Leclerc, and they want a they want a two driver 
complete, you know, they want two first drivers. They want So they're, they're mocking, fit. basically what they're doing is mocking the rest of the field by saying our car is that fast. There's nobody to compete and, with and us. And we, so we, we want, want them to <laughs> challenge at the absolute highest level Yeah, and not have a... The problem can happen with that is if you're batting out like that and you keep picking up ones and threes and then someone comes in and consistently hits second places, they might end up taking the championship. Yeah. But that's where you sort of get a bit maybe like Red Bull is now, where they get into the championship, bring the upgrades, and they do tend to favour a particular yeah. driver. Question for you. Do you think Jos Verstappen will allow that in a million years? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> and unfortunately, he does have too much of an influence. Over he does it way too much. That. Yeah, that, that's probably a conversation that could go on and on. Um, but no, you're right. He, he has way too much influence. Um, Both Arsenal and Inter Miami this week have announced Declan Rice and Lionel Messi. And Messi's now gone up to $1.6 billion in net worth. So he's uh, not done too bad out of it. Nope. Inter Miami is still winless in 11. So they need him on the pitch quite quickly. Still sat at the bottom of their... When, does the, when, does the, when does the MLS season finish? Because I assume we are now out of season, so... Yeah, so we so they play... So the season finishes sort of October, and towards the end of October. Yeah. So they're... They're probably about just over halfway, I think. I think they played about sort of twenty, twenty-two games. But the so so essentially then the American sports might be completely different. I know there is draft in other sports, but is there a permanent window open or have they have have they got a mid season window? They, so they tend they tend to fall under different rules to the Premier League in yeah. Europe. You tend to see and you used to see it a few years ago where he where where players would go on loan to other teams. So yeah. like David Beckham used to come back to it, AC Milan, then Lando Donovan went to Everton and, and things like that. So you had where they would sort of be with their teams, LA Galaxy, both of them actually, but then they would go on loan and sort of stay fit during the mm. known off-season and then they'd have a little bit more downtime. So do you not think that they've they've brought in they've brought in different players and they've brought in... in different completely different dynamics from different different leagues the the way the play and obviously the the spanish league and the uh, english league and every league around the world is different it's different football um do you think they need a period of downtime where they don't have any matches to reset to to gain a team mentality to to sort of draw up a strategy for the manager to obviously well, point they, them all in the right direction rather did, than the ball did, having individual they, games they did sack the manager phil neville Few a few games ago, so yeah. kind of getting that in, trying to get the new identity. Probably been waiting on Messi, but the the problem with with American sports, especially sort of the MLS, so you have an Eastern and a Western conference. So I've seen some in the Eastern, they're bottom of that. The top, so many go through to playoffs. So like, I think there's sort of fifteen in each. There'll be like six or eight in each that will go into a playoff to then hit the finals. So you don't get relegated. So whether it doesn't matter what's happening at the minute, yeah. they're going to be there next year being able to compete. So they're probably having a bit of a, let's write this year off, get these signings in, get a way of playing. I can see someone like Messi going on loan back to maybe Barcelona. Yeah. Um, that's been rumoured. 
Yeah, but keep it, it, and then... for for that that would have to be. Would it have to be his decision? I mean, obviously he'd want to do it, but he's just spent years at Barcelona. He's come a, come over to the MLS, obviously for a significant financial benefit. But would he want to then? Well, up, he's got family and and stuff like that. So. Everything on Twitter is obviously true. So if you believe that, he signed for Inter Miami with all this, so that Barcelona can get around the FFP, so he can go back to Barcelona on loan because they can't afford to sign him from PSG. Wow. Okay. So if you believe all this, then then it's already lined up that he's going to yeah. go back to Barcelona on loan yeah. where they don't cover any his wages yeah. and they've effectively got him for free, yeah. don't have to pay him wow. to get around their financial fair play because they are in a massive... Effectively paying him a pound a week but then buying him a billion pound yacht. Yes. <laughs> or giving him a pound a week but then allowing him to own, own. Apple TV or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> Shirt sales, Adidas, yeah, everything. Yeah. Another rumour coming out today is, well, it's not a rumour really, um, Harry Maguire has been stripped of the captaincy at Man United, which I think all but says that he is going to be leaving the club this summer. Where to? West Ham are favourites at the minute. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure there'll be many other teams. Newcastle were mentioned early days, but West Ham are favourites at the minute to take the form at Manchester United. He He held it for three and a half years. Yeah. I suppose with COVID, you kind of forget a lot of what happened in that time. Yeah. Ashley Young, not so young, age 38, assigned for Everton this week on a year's contract. That guy has won, I mean, he's won everything going when he was at Man United and went over to, to Inter Milan and won things out there. And then he came back in with Villa for a little bit, who he came came through Villa as a kid. So, but he's gone to Everton yeah. um, this year. I think that's quite a good signing for them, gives them a bit of experience. I think Sean Dyche has sort of picked him up knowing that he can maybe steady a ship a yeah. little bit. Let's really hope it doesn't go down. They don't go down this season. No, I but, hope not. But we're talking about 36-year-old Novak Djokovic, but we must. <laughs> yeah. his knees must be hurting at this yeah. point. Um, the other one, former Manchester United defender as well, Johnny Evans, who, again, sort of 35, 36, he was with Leicester. Leicester got relegated. Mm. And um, I saw a, there was a clip midweek of Everton, and it they were sort of in training. And if you turn the sound up, you can hear the coaches talking. And they say, we just need a bit more defensively. And one of the coaches says, yes, but Johnny Evans is signing in the next couple of days. And it, got, <laughs> and it went on to Twitter, went on to social. <laughs> so no one really knows. But Brendan Rodgers has gone back to Celtic, who he had at yes. Leicester. Yeah, yeah. So actually, he's not, he's not, so far he's not been confirmed at Everton, but he's now favourite to go to Celtic. Yeah. Which I think is quite funny after this clip surfaced where the coaches are saying, we've got Johnny Evans coming yeah. this week. Um, Bayern Munich as well, I believe they will get Harry Kane this summer. So Interesting. Reports that, is... that Spurs are going to pay 400 grand a week. But Munich are very confident they will have him this year. Yeah. There's been, we've talked about Harry deciding whether he wants silverware, which he's not going to get with Spurs. No. Silverware, i.e. moving to a club Man, that is going to yeah, win it. Man United, um, Money, i.e. Saudi, Saudi or something like that. Or whether he's going to stop where he is and go for the Premier League all-time goal-scoring record, which is great to have, but also silverware and... £400 million he, pound a year is also yeah, better. He, I think if he got the all-time scoring record, I think people would 
call out because Shearer did it with a Premier League title. Yeah. With, with Blackburn. Yes. But yeah. I think I think Munich's a good move for him. I think it's the right thing. It wouldn't be football transfer, and we'll end it on this without a Saudi mention. Okay. Stephen, Ger- not- Stephen Gerrard has become the manager of a Saudi Arabian team this week. I have not heard this. Have you not? So no, I have not. He's a manager, and there's a really funny clip of him. He's just been sacked from... A while ago, was it? Um, well, yeah, yeah, he's just been sacked. Yeah, so he's, he's had a bit of time out. He is, he's gone out He's gone out to Saudi, so he's now a manager for a team out there. There's a clip where he's taking his first training session, and he's sort of got the ball, and he's sort of facing a player, and he's like, come, come, come. And a guy runs up from behind him, because he's got no idea what he's saying, and it's a massive communication problem. Because he's because he's got a really terrible accent, or because of the language? Probably both. <laughs> probably doesn't help. But they have his team have been linked with Liverpool midfielder Jordan Henderson, who is 33, so he's a fraction younger than me, and in the Premier League, he's senior. Yes. They have offered him £700,000 a week. £36 million a year. Wow. At 33 years old. Just, if there are any Saudis listening and you are interested in a podcaster, I will only, I will do it for 100 grand a week. I think I think I would. I'd no, undercut, yeah, do it for maybe, 99. Maybe, I'd uh, maybe go 110. But, <laughs> but Jordan the, Henderson, the, who's not been a player much this year, he's yeah. not the player he was maybe sort of three years ago, on £700,000 a week. And they're also linked with Mares of... Man City and St Maximum, who's only 26, of Newcastle. Wow. They are trying to create Premier League 2.0. They are. Thanks for joining us on episode 8 of the Sports Class podcast. As usual, you'll get us on Instagram and Twitter at Sportscast Pod UK. Episode 9 will come next week. We have got a few specials lined up. Keep an eye out for those. I've been Liam. I've been Jordan. Thank you.